Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be hanging out with you inside of the Cafe Kubal studios every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Truly where sports meets life. You're listening on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and on WakeUpCallDT.com. You're watching and listening on Facebook Live on Facebook dot com backslash live now dt and it is my true honor and privilege to have somebody that i don't just consider uh, on a team that i covered and and the guys at syracuse and beyond know this I, I don't consider them interviewees and just people i talk to sometimes i consider them friends i consider them people that i care about i hope they know i'm always in their corner because i am and uh, and they mean a lot to me and and when i talk about that type of care and concern and hope for the best when it comes to Nikeem Johnson, that's front and center for me. Number four, now whether he was in the 80s or number four, whatever jersey he's wearing, he knows I got his back, and uh, I definitely appreciate him being on the show today. Nikeem Johnson's been with Syracuse for the past few seasons here, uh, starting wide receiver. He's been a kick returner. He's been a punt returner. He's been a threat on the field no matter where he plays, and he just put on social media that he will be using his last season, a season of eligibility elsewhere, uh, leaving Syracuse and entering the transfer portal. And this is the first interview that he is doing since making that decision. Nikeem, how are we doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. And, and like I said off the air, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity and the blessing to be the first place that you went to to speak your mind after making that decision. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, you know the love it. So, so Mr. Mr. Johnson, uh, speak with me on this. You know, you, you've spent your time at Syracuse uh, the entire time that, uh, you know, uh, that you've been here. Babers was the coach. We have seen uh, different offensive coordinators and in different shifting on, on who you kind of have to take orders from and whatnot. What have you taken away from your time at Syracuse up to this point? Uh, I mean, it's definitely taught me a lot. I've learned how to fight, learned how to go through adversity. I mean, um, every single day, you know, it's a, it's a different situation. So it just taught me how to be a competitor each and every day and never give up on any situation. You know, for for you to go through that adversity and, you know, I mean, this, this team has had the 10-win season, but there's also been the struggles that have come around that, the four wins, the five wins this year, a one win, a one in 10 season. Syracuse did it back in 2005 with who is arguably the worst coach in Syracuse history and Greg Robinson. To have it happen again is insane to me, uh, having, you know, obviously been around the program since birth, uh, you know, 35 years. So for you, Nikeem, how have you handled that adversity and how have you handled the the tremendous adversity of a one in ten season. Uh, I mean, going one in ten, you know, nobody wants to lose that many games, but it just really goes to show like how much work that a lot of people have to do, and that we had to do as a team, really, that we didn't put in. There's a lot of things that in the off season we should have honed in a lot more on that we didn't. So a lot of it you can you can say is on us. It's not a lot. A lot of it wasn't. A lot of it wasn't on coaches. A lot of it was on the players, and I feel like we could have worked a lot harder to be able to put the coaches and everybody else in the program in a better situation. So, like, reflecting back on that, I mean, guys just got to get back to the drum board and really think about what they love and what they want 
and why they want it and why they're doing it. So when that happens, I feel like the team is definitely going to go back to that 10-3 team and do do what they have to do because, I mean, it's a lot of great players on that team. It's not like there are not a lot of good dudes on that team. So with that being said, I feel like those guys would be great. Speaking here inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with Nikeem Johnson this morning. Nikeem, for you, like you said, you don't put it so much on the coaches. You put it on the players this season while you went 1-10 that you guys could have worked harder. What was it that just wasn't clicking? Was it guys just not giving their all in practice? Was it was it people not coming in shape? Like What what would you assess to the problems that you put on the, the players on the team that you thought could have been better? Um, I feel like the seniors, the upperclassmen, we could have just been a lot more uh, accountable for a lot of things to happen. And all in all, as a team, we have to work as a team. We can't play as individuals. And I feel like sometimes at points in the, te- at points in the season, we started to do that. So this trying to make sure that we could have stayed a team and just held everybody responsible for everything that they've done, I feel like that could have changed the entire season. But on players, that's what we didn't do. And especially as upperclassmen, we should have been a lot more, uh, we should have stayed, like, like slid down on that a lot harder. So, I mean, um, with that being said, um, that's really that's really all it was. I don't think it was anything else. It just, the focus level was there, but we could have had a lot more, though. What do you think about, I, I know that you said you didn't, you didn't put it on, you know, the coaching staff as much as you put it on, on the players and you just talked about, you know, your yourself as a senior and the seniors in general. What do you think of Coach Babers? What are your thoughts having had him your entire time at Syracuse? We've seen him win really once and we've seen a lot of adversity and struggle. What What is your assessment of Dino Babers? Uh, to me, he's a great coach. I mean, um, outside of football and on the football field, he always wants you to be a better man. Uh, he, that's something that he preaches, and I feel like being in the program for four years, he's definitely made me a better man. With everything that I've been through and all the things that me and him have went through um, as individuals, I feel like it, it helped me grow. So as a person and as a coach, I think he's a great he's a great dude. I mean, um, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't always get like reflected off the score and uh, the end result of the game, but we we have the pieces, and Coach Babers, he definitely can get the job done for sure. But just everybody has to buy into the program. Like he's the he's the head man, so a lot of the stuff is on him. But everybody else has to buy into the program. That goes down to the people that's in the cafeteria, to the administrators, academic people. That's everybody. Everybody plays a part in this program. So he's he's definitely a good dude to me. Nakeem, do you think that people are buying into Dino? Do you think? you know, on the hill from, from like you said, the people in the, in the cafeteria to, uh, you know, in, in the classroom and, and on the coaching staff and in the administration, do you think they're buying into Dino or is there still more work to be done on the hill? Um, I mean, there's always work to be done everywhere. You know, everybody has to do their, their one eleven and everybody has to do their part. So, I mean, a lot of people, we could just focus up more and be more, how could I say it? Um, laser focused about what's going on around us. Like if our objective is to win a national championship, then everybody has to have the national championship mindset. But if it's ten people that have the national chip uh national championship mindset and everybody else doesn't want to win, then it we're, we're all not together. We're not on the same page and everything's just about being on the same page. So I feel like if one person and everybody else around 
has that same mentality, everybody's just going to feed off that energy. Like, everything out here is just about energy. And if you can pick it up and feed off it, that'd be great. Just like momentum uh, shifts in the game. It's been uh, been obviously uh, an interesting road that you've had at Syracuse from four wins to ten wins to five to one. Uh, like you said, everybody's got to have the, the same mentality and has to get behind it. You said that your senior class could have done a better job at holding people accountable. What did you need to hold accountable? What were some of the things that you, looking back, uh, hindsight 2020 in the year of 2020, uh, what what are some of the things you think the senior ca- class, your senior class that you're a part of at Syracuse, should have keyed in on, whether in practice or in a game or whatever it may be? What should you guys have been focusing on and holding people accountable for? Um, I, I would start with, like, personally for me, what I think was mindset. Um, a lot of guys, and just that's just how it went. Like, a lot of guys weren't focused at the times that they were supposed to be. Like, when it's time to play football and it's time to – get football done and worry about that and only that sometimes guys minds were going off on a tangent but us as seniors we're supposed to catch that when we see it and sometimes we were corrected but we weren't consistent with correcting it all the time so if you're not consistent with doing something then it's just gonna keep happening so I feel like just for myself personally that's what I could have helped like change and try to change a part of the culture because when you get guys to get out of it once you get into that mindset it's really hard to bring a guy back that's already topped out. And even, like, same thing throughout the season. Like, when we started to lose and continuously kept losing, we kind of, it's almost, almost like we kind of started to embrace it a little bit. And we were, we were, we would go out there and fight, but at a point, in, at, at a point in the game, you know, some people are out there giving up and some people are still giving it all. So I feel like I could have done a lot better with just, like, focusing on that. You know, we see that speaking here with Nikeem Johnson, a longtime Syracuse wide receiver who is entering the transfer portal. He's here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Nikeem, for for you in this year of 2020, with everything that's gone on, bring me into that. We'll, we'll jump back into the season specifically in the games in a second, but how did you navigate this as a player and how did the team navigate it not having a spring, you know, having a couple practices in the spring, but not really having a spring, and then you you cut, and then you you come back here, and you don't know if there's going to be a season. Then the ACC says yes, Syracuse is is obviously playing, but you guys have to do things differently with your mask on. First and foremost, since a lot of people don't know this, that the media is not allowed into practice outside of like five to ten minutes on a normal basis outside of pandemic times. So we don't get to see what you guys are doing anyways. But what is practice like? Like, bring me into a practice during coronavirus, mask on and all that stuff. What was a typical practice like this fall? Uh, I mean, it was, it was really the same. To, uh, to me, you just had to have your mask on. And when, when we standing around and nobody had helmets on or anything like that, we just got to be six feet apart. I mean, everything was really the same. Um, but, like, trying to navigate the coronavirus, I mean... We got a chance to treat everything like pros. Um, we were home for a while. We were supposed to be in spring ball practicing, but that time you had nothing but time to work out. You can go run, do push-ups every day, sit-ups every day, whatever. It was just you had that time to really be a pro and work out all year round with no school until the summertime and stuff like that. So, like, um, navigating it, it was, it was kind of hard in the beginning because, you know, a lot of things wasn't open, like gyms and stuff like that. So, it was difficult, but once you found your way, you had to find your niche and just get it done how you get it done. And, I mean, 
like personally for myself, I just made sure I was doing stuff to make sure I was in shape and make sure I was strong to come back and play next year. That's really it. You know, for for you, Nikeem, going through all this and the craziness of it all, uh, did did you feel a lot of difference in the season? I mean, were there? I mean, obviously the Liberty game. I know you got asked about in the Zoom calls and whatnot that that I was on. You know, the guys got asked about uh, Liberty because they had different protocol than the ACC had. And so the concern was, you know, would you play a game like that? Uh, North Carolina, the first game that you guys played this season was, was uh, you know, a, a one that kind of almost felt in limbo from, from the get-go with as soon as their student body came onto campus, they had issues with coronavirus. So, you know, what can you say about that, about, you know, doing everything you can on Syracuse's campus and, and within the team, but then knowing that, you know, you have to play these other teams that may not necessarily abide by the same rules, or if they're supposed to, maybe they're doing things differently. Was it ever scary to you? Was it ever concerning to you? Um, yeah, of course it's, it's concerning to me because, uh, I mean, I want to stay healthy and I want everybody else to stay uh, around me healthy. But um, when it came to ball, I mean, when it was time to play, I mean, it was just time to play. All those nerves and everything. Like, if you were nervous about trying to get the virus and stuff like that, then, I mean, I feel like at that point you just shouldn't walk out on the field. So that's kind of how I approached it. I mean, these guys, they have – everybody had protocols and stuff that they had to follow, so I just kind of put it in faith and put it in God's hand and trusted those guys were doing what they were supposed to when I stepped on the field. And luckily it, it went well and I came out healthy, so I'm definitely glad about that. But that's really it. Did the myocarditis – you know, uh, that coming up and the reality that there could be a long-term effect from playing during corona, contracting corona, and what it could do to your body uh, afterwards. Has that been concerning to you? Has that kept you up at night or no? I wouldn't say it kept me up at night, but I'm, I just made sure I, I just stay cautious. I don't, I don't hang around a lot, a lot of people. Um, I don't mix with new people. I just kind of try to keep the same circle and deal with the same people that I deal with all the time because uh, I know that they're safe so I'm trying to stay safe as well so that's really just how I'm, I'm trying to operate wherever I go if I'm around new people I always have a mask on or I'm always washing my hands always putting on hand sanitizer just making sure that I'm staying clean for real Dino said that you know your team had done you know so many tests and really they you know he said that your numbers would, would hang with anybody in the country as far as keeping people healthy. Is that how it actually was? I mean, did you guys really have, like, no positive tests during the season at all? I mean, what can you tell me about all that? I mean, was it really as good as it sounded like? Yeah, it really was that good. We really stayed clean. Like, the program really stayed clean throughout the entire season. I I can say that. It was shaky in the beginning in the summertime. We had a couple positives, but once guys got healed up and everything like that, um, we got back and we were fine. We didn't have any positive tests throughout, throughout camp or anything like that and throughout the season. So, and How do you do that with, with having, with having you know, so many players on this team? How did you guys all – I mean, it's, it's all about – at the end of the day, it's about personal responsibility, right? I mean, they can tell you whatever they want to tell you, but you have to do it. And, you know, you have to not be going out to parties. You have to wear your mask. You have to – you know, practice proper social distancing. You can't be stupid about stuff. So why was your team so well-behaved? Because there were, <laughs> there were other teams around the country that weren't that, you know, weren't always necessarily that behaved, I'm sure. So 
why did you guys all, you know, handle what you needed to handle? I mean, why did it work out here in Syracuse where it's not working out in other places? Um, I just say because one, we we did take a, a big stand in the summertime against uh, against the program to make sure that the safety guidelines and everything was uh, where it's supposed to be. I think that Syracuse, we were the reason that the, the protocols were the way they were for the ACC. So if we're going to act like that, we have to make sure we're doing the doing the things in the back end to make sure we're holding up our end. Like we can't try to force everybody else in the conference to follow these rules and follow these guidelines. But then on the flip side, we're not following those same guidelines. So I feel like with us doing that, it put us in perspective to make sure that we had to be the models and had to be the example because we're the ones that basically came up with all the stuff. And you say you're the ones that basically came up with it. Do you feel that? Do you feel that you, the players at Syracuse University, set the bar for the ACC? Uh, yeah, I feel I feel like because um we 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 held out and we kind of put the press on everybody in the program to really like enforce it. So they had to basically show their hand and go to the NCAA about it. So what what were the things you guys wanted? You know, now that the season's over, to clarify. When you guys sat out of practice, which you did twice, right? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember everything. Yeah. So what what did you demand as players that made you sit out? Um, If I can remember correctly, I think the main thing that we were looking for was just to make sure that we knew that we were going to be safe and everything was going to be precautions. Like taking one test. I think that was something that we wanted to get more of. That's why we ended up testing two, twice or three times a week. So I, I think those like small things like that were things that we were looking for. And so everything was going to be safe. And it was gonna, they were going to prove to us that we were going to be safe. So when when you when when this decision was made, was it the senior class? Were you a part of that? Like who led the charge? of sitting with the team, like of the players, who led the charge of saying, hey, we're telling Dino and the staff today we're not going out there? Uh, I mean, it was a collective thing. We we decided to do some things as a team, so we just all came together to kind of get that done. But um, that wasn't the, the idea in the beginning, but it kind of went that way. And, it, it, you know, after a couple practices, you guys went back to it. Did Syracuse really respond that quickly? Did it take – time for them to maybe do everything that you asked for i mean it seemed like it was in it was an issue for a second but then you're back on the practice field so how how swiftly did syracuse move to meet your needs as players oh they i, I think they moved really fast i mean that's why we came back to practice uh so we just wanted to make sure that they were going to get stuff done that was really the main focus because you know how a lot of people and sometimes often like players things things have been told to people that doesn't actually get done. So we had to make sure that it was actually getting done. That coming from Nikeem Johnson, Syracuse, orange uh, wide receiver the last four seasons. It's entering the transfer portal for his final season of eligibility. Uh, Nikeem, before the season even got started, and and some of the other guys said that they found out, like right in the, what, a couple practices in in the fall, that Abdul Adams and Jarvion Howard were opting out of the season. How, How did you handle that? How did you take that? I mean, you're on offense their weapons that are with you. So, I mean, how, how did you handle that? And were you kind of a little bit shell-shocked by it? I mean, did it really happen like that where it was like they were playing and then it was like, oh, no, guys, we're not. How, how did it all go down and, and how did it affect you? 
Um, I mean, it, it kind of all went down during that uh, whole time we were trying to figure out the health protocols and all that. So I, I, I think that's why those guys um, didn't want to play because they didn't know it was too many risks and they didn't want to take that chance, especially with themselves and their families. So um, that that was that. So when we, we kind of respected those guys for the decisions that they chose to make because, I mean, um, you never know how COVID can affect anybody else. Like, some people have different health problems, so we didn't really, like, look too down on the situation. Yeah, we were upset because we do need those guys, but at the end of the day, like, people have to make decisions that are best for themselves and best for their families, so we had to respect it as a team and as everybody else a part of the program, we had to respect it. And for you, Nikeem, you had to, you know, as a team, have all those protocols. You demanded more you know, stringent protocol and, and getting tested more and whatnot. And then the student body comes back to Syracuse and immediately puts everybody at risk. How concerned were you that the football team was going to do everything right, but then the student body essentially on campus could ruin it for everyone? Was the team kind of on edge saying like, listen, we've done everything we're supposed to do and and now, you know, there's there's something out of your out of your control. How did you handle the fact that because there was an issue, you know, obviously student body came back to North Carolina, came back to Notre Dame. There was a lot of positive tests and whatnot. And, and when they came back to Syracuse, there was a bunch of people out on campus, essentially putting everybody at risk. It caused Syracuse to write a letter to the student body. Uh, how did you handle all of that? Um. For really, they shut down like on campus classes for the most part. They had them at some point, at some times of the year, but most class, most classes were on Zoom. So with that being said, I, me personally, I just didn't go on campus, like except for when I needed to go on campus. Other than that, I just really stayed in the house and just stayed around the football facility. I didn't go to many places uh, around the city where I, I felt as though I would be in danger. And I feel like a lot of guys on the team did the same thing as well. Or if they didn't. They must have done a great job of keeping their mask on and everything. So that was definitely uh, something that was uh, great for us to get done because there was a lot of kids on campus that would have put us at risk, but we kind of made sure we stayed safe. That coming from Nikeem Johnson here on Wake Up Call this morning inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Nikeem, you decided to enter the transfer portal. You played four seasons, but whether you played or not this year, uh, the NCAA was offering this a free year, a free season, an extra season of eligibility you got. The transfer portal allows you to transfer, but you don't have to sit out for that final season. So for you, kind of an awesome situation that you get to play instead of being, you know, five, you know, a five-year, a five-year college student, but only playing four seasons. You got to play your entire collegiate career, plus you get a free year, so you actually get to play five of five instead of, you know, four within the five and whatnot. So what can you tell me about this extra season of eligibility, getting a fifth season, which so many people in the history of college football have never, ever gotten. This is uh, unique here to this season. So having an extra year, number one, and making the decision to spend that year where you could have come back, you decided to go elsewhere. So tell me about that. Um, uh, first, having the fifth year is definitely a blessing, and I'm blessed for this opportunity because my ultimate goal is to make it to the NFL and then so I just need an opportunity and I felt like that fifth year was definitely an opportunity. And of course I just wanted to think about going into a situation that would kinda display who I really am. Like I've been put on I've been put in the light, but it's a lot of things that I feel like I haven't showed college football that I can do. It's a lot that I can do. There's a lot more that I have and I just want to be in a situation that 
I can get that done and show who I really am. Like, we all know that I'm a smaller guy, but that doesn't matter. Like, I can get anything done on the field. So, I just want to be put in a perspective in a situation where I can be able to get that done. And it's, like I said before, it's a blessing that I, I got this year, this extra year eligibility because I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do what I have to do with this. You know, and you could have come back to Syracuse and had a fifth year. You decided to enter, enter the transfer portal instead. Why did it not fit for you to come back to Syracuse? Um, I mean, I just felt that though, like my time there has been served already. So, um, I, did, I I feel like I needed new beginnings um, with my last year, and I wanted to be in a different situation, just a different perspective, uh, which you could say like a, a new start, fresh start. I feel like I needed that. And for for you, you know, Nike, I said. And I told you this off the air, but I said it on the show uh, throughout the season. I said, and I just said it recently, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the season, I'm like, I, I don't care what you have to do. Get Nikeem the ball. Pitch him the ball. Have him in the backfield. Do a wildcat formation. Just get him the ball as soon Because all I needed, in my opinion, having watched you play and knowing how fast you are and how quickly you can make decisions and the hands that you have, is that you should have the opportunity to just get the ball by any means necessary. Quarterback option, a pitch, that wildcat direct snap, you know, the the check down, the down the field type of stuff, whatever it may be. I just wanted them to get you the ball at the line of scrimmage as soon as humanly possible instead of just relying on throwing you a couple passes a game. Am I wrong in saying that? I mean, I, I know that to me you're a weapon, and when Syracuse, you know, needed to get a spark on offense because the offense sputtered a lot this season, I thought direct snapping it to you or pitching it to you and yet letting you go in the backfield, that as soon as you make that one guy miss, you're going to make those moves, you're going to have those quick kind of twitchy actions, and you got the speed. I would imagine that Syracuse would have been better served just getting the ball to you as, as, as fast as possible and then letting you go out there and attack. Am I crazy for saying that? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say you crazy, but I wouldn't want to focus on that too much, like, personally, because, I mean, it was a lot of other factors that was going on around the team, like, offensive line and stuff like that, so, I mean, all of that kind of played in, played into a part of what happened. I mean, of course, I would love the ball more and love to be targeted more and, and kind of be a, a part of the offense, but, I mean, maybe those factors around were the reasons that every, everything like that happened. So, I mean, I'm just truly blessed to be able to get what I got out of this season. I finished okay. I didn't finish where I felt like I needed to or where I could have or where I wanted to, but um, I still I still was productive enough. And um, with that being said, I'm just really like take that into my next situation and just use that as motivation and just keep grinding and just keep fighting because it's not over yet. So you, you ran the ball at Syracuse. You were obviously a wide receiver. They used you as a kick returner and a punt returner. Speak with me on your versatility and the fact that you just wanted to get out there. I mean, it's it's not on every team that you're the lead punt returner, the lead kick returner. You're also a wide receiver that's a starter, and they'll use you to run the ball. I mean, there's something to be said about how you worked yourself into a role on offense as well as on special teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just really put my head down the ground. That's the type of person I am. I mean, I don't get too high or too low about things. And, I mean, I have before, and I feel like that's the the cause of the, the reason I had a decline in Syracuse is because I got too high. But um, I feel like um, with that, I just really had to 
focus and I focused this year and I showed everybody that I was back because they thought that because I got hurt that I wasn't going to be the same so I had to show everybody that I was still me I can still do the same things even more so I just really just worked hard in the entire 2020 just trying to get where I needed to be changed my mindset and just made sure I was focused on the vision everything that I had to do was just laser focus and laser shot I feel like that's the way I work myself into that role and just really being consistent. Every day in practice, making sure I caught the kicks, caught the punts, caught the ball well, ran the ball well. At, at times when they needed me to throw it, throw the ball well. So, I mean, I, I just made sure I just did my part, did my one eleven for offense, and I can't really do anybody else's job for them. So I just really kind of like focus on myself and figure out how I could be the best teammate and be the best player on this team that I could be. Speaking here with Nikeem Johnson, a Syracuse Orange wide receiver the last four seasons that is entering the transfer portal and spending his fifth season of eligibility, the free year from the NCAA due to coronavirus uh, elsewhere. Uh, Nikeem, for you, you talked about you can only take care of yourself, uh, nobody else, and maybe some of the offensive line issues affected you. How frustrating has it been to be an offensive specialist, a, a skill player on the offense, in a situation where this season Syracuse was the worst in the country in opposition sacks. Last season, they spent time worst in the country in opposition sacks. I mean, there's there's obviously been a struggle on the offensive line for the last two seasons where Syracuse has found themselves to be the worst in the nation. How have you handled that as a, as a skill player, knowing that if the quarterback's not protected, then obviously he can't get the ball out. If he doesn't have time to survey the field, he can't see that if you're out there open. So how have you handled all of that? And, and did the locker room ever get a little bit dicey because of it? Uh, I wouldn't say so. We just had to take a selfless approach when that happens. I mean, um, you got to understand that everybody on the team is needed for something. So if one thing can't happen to get the next person what they need, then we just have to you really stay a team. That's how our team started dividing. I feel like just standing together was the biggest thing that we had to do. Um, of course, it was frustrating because, I mean, as you're, you want to get your job done, that's, that's your position. But um, when it comes to the team, you can't put yourself bigger than the team. So you have to, you got to take the back seat with that. And you kind of just have to let it go. So that's really like all I did over the years and stuff like that. I mean, of course, it's frustrating, but we were still operating. We still operate operated, I feel like, well enough. We could have done a lot more, but we operated well enough. Did it ever feel like in the locker room that there was dissension? There was, you know, was there ever a time at your time at Syracuse or, you know, this season specifically where you felt like you guys as a team kind of had to meet with each other and get back to ground zero, kind of kind of find, find your, your nucleus again? Did you ever have to do that? Uh, I want to say we had to do that. I mean, of course, you got your individual guys that sometimes go off on a tangent. You got to bring those guys back. But as a team, now nah, we haven't. We didn't do that. That's. I, I can say that's one thing that we did a great job as a senior, as a senior class to do is make sure nobody was fighting each other. Or, like we could, we started to split as a team. We did that well enough, but um, we could have done a lot better with it as well, especially with those individuals that I'm speaking about that stuff like that happened with. But um, other than that, I feel like we did a a, a better job than normal because. For a team to be one in ten and to not have that kind of division is great. That's that's good. That's work in progress. You can do a lot of work with that. How the heck did you guys do that? I mean, how how did you not kind of go after each other in a one in ten season? Uh, 
I mean, because ball is what's more important. I mean, fighting your brothers is not going to help you get better at ball. I mean, sometimes you got to to bring guys along, but if we bickering and going against each other, it's not going to make us want to play for each other. So just trying to make sure we play for each other at least weekly is something that we have to do. It's no question about that. Like, that has to be done. We can't divide as a team if we have a common goal. Speaking here with Nikeem Johnson. Nikeem, before I let you go, uh, entering the transfer portal, how quickly did you make this decision? Uh, just bring me into it, your process of the season ending and then you making the choice to not come back to Syracuse and enter the transfer portal. Bring me into all of the dominoes that fell, essentially, to make this decision. Um, I really just um, kind of waited it out after the last game. Had some conversations with people that I felt like I needed to have. Um, and it's just some things weren't what I, were, I would be expecting for me to come back next year. So that kind of made me make it, kind of forced me to make my decision, really. Because um, if I have a goal to get what I got to get, I have it, some things that has to be done. And that's just the business side of the ball. So um, that really. That's really that's really what went into my decision. I didn't make a, a fast decision. I kind of sat on it for a while to make sure that I was making the right one because I have a lot of loyalty for Syracuse and everything that they've done for me and my family thus far. So I definitely didn't want to take away from that and just walk away from the program. I also did feel like I had a lot of unfinished business. But with, with the business side and things that I feel like would be best for myself, I had to make the decision of, of leaving. So for you, Nikeem, when you were having those conversations and you said, you know, that you didn't hear kind of what you needed to hear to stay, what what wasn't going to go your way? What were you looking for to get to the next level that maybe wasn't here for you? Um, I wouldn't say opportunity, but um, it's you can you can say that. I mean, I just need, I just felt like I needed a little bit more, just just a little bit more, you know, just to be featured and fight. So, did you sit down with Dino? I mean, I don't know if you had a Zoom call or you could actually sit with him or whatnot, but did you have an exit interview with him? And if you did, how did that go? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, with the agent. Uh, I mean, it, it, went, it went okay. Uh, I don't really want to discuss in detail what happened. They were trying to spy between the two, but um, it, it went okay. I feel like the conversation was easy to have that get everything in the air. That coming from Nikeem Johnson. Uh, Nikeem, you're breaking up a little bit. I want to make sure we get you in these last couple. We're going to talk about music here in one second, but I do uh, want to uh, speak on the transfer portal. What are you looking for? Do you have any favorites? Is there anybody out there that maybe recruited you that has been in contact? What are what are the th- what are the hopes for the future in this final season for you? I mean, you're, you're, you're getting to do something that not everybody gets to do, which is to get recruited twice. So what's that like? And what can you tell me about being in the transfer portal? How has it gone so far? You know, kind of what's what are the happenings of, of your uh, upcoming season here? Um, I mean, I've got a lot of hits out of the, out of the transfer portal. Um, a lot of people have been talking to me. Had a lot of great conversations, but I mean, personally, just I got to come with the approach of a. When I was being recruited, I was 17, 18 years old. Now I'm 21, about to be 22 years old. It's, it's different conversations that I've been had. 
when I'm talking to a coach now, I'm more straightforward about what I'm looking for because it's it's a, it's a business, and not only do a business, but I'm just really standing on what I mean because I want to I want I want to staff and a school to understand who I am and what I mean. And when, when I say that I'm coming to a program, I'm going to give everything that I have to that program. And I want them to do the same for me, you know? So that's really what's been going on since then in the transfer portal. Um, talked to a lot of guys, had a lot of great conversations and I'm just kind of still waiting out the, uh, the process to see who else is, is going to keep talking to me. But um, I have some, I have some news coming up pretty soon. It's going to be out pretty soon. For you, Nikeem, what do you need to hear? When you said you're more straightforward now, you're not 17, you're going to be 22, what are you saying to these coaches? What's 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 on the list? What it, what are you making clear to them about this final season before you take a, a try for the NFL? Um, I want to come in and be a leader. I want to come in and have the program trust me and – the, I want to be able to not put it only on my shoulders, but everybody around me, like this, this on the team as well. Um, I want to be featured in the offense. I want to be a part of the offense. I'm not. I don't want to transfer into a situation where they just bring me in because I was good in Syracuse and they need somebody to be a backup. No, I'm trying to come into a situation where they're going to let me compete for a spot to become that guy that I I know that I can be. And and I want the coaches that are recruiting me to also know that I could be that guy's will, not look at me and say, oh, he's a small guy or he's not this big or he can't do this or he can't do that or he's only good at this. I I want you to believe in what I do and my abilities and trust that and just get me better, keep me pushing. Because if somebody's going to keep me pushing, it's, it's, nothing, it's, it's only going to go up. That's the type of person I am. My mindset is always driven. Everything I do, I'm, I'm driven about it. So if I set my mind on something, I'm going to do it. And, it, and that's just like how it is, like we're – but I tell myself, I was, I was always raised like that, so it's going to always be like that. I'm telling them that I'm trying to come in and I'm trying to get it done. They want a playmaker, they're going to get a playmaker. And I'm, I'm going to come in and do, and do what I got to do. I want them to know that. I want the coaches to feel that. Everybody feel that. Because that's all I'm about. I'm about ball and I'm about being serious. I'm, I don't have time to waste. How do you differentiate from all the phone calls and, you know, connections, whatever you're getting, how do you differentiate the truth from the BS? How do you, how do you see the difference? I know there's got to be trust in it, you know, obviously, and, 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 and you got to try and decipher to the best of your ability. And there, some of that is taking a chance, but how do you, to the best of your ability, differentiate between the people that are telling you what you want to hear and the people that are telling you the truth? I mean, sometimes it just it, it goes of who it's coming from. I mean, um, when if a head man if a head man is texting you or he's talking to you and he wants to speak with you, you know it's serious because the head man doesn't usually is not the one that usually is going to take the time to speak with the recruit. He he might talk to you in the back end, but if a head man is talking to you, then you know most likely it's going to be real because he's not going to sell you sell you anything short because he's trying to they they're trying to win win games and be a, a great program so you know it just it kind of goes into and, and the things that you say like it, you have to ask specific questions where do you see me fitting in your in your system what do you think I will be like working with this guy uh how do you think the OC like the, the the conversations and the relationship will be between me and the OC like you have to have those type of questions ready for these coaches and 
having those questions ready, it kind of put them in a position where it's like they can only give you the real answer and you'll be able to tell. And it's like having a conversation with anybody face-to-face, you should be able to know that if, if they're telling you what's, true, what's real or what's not. And, I mean, coming from where I come from, I can see a lot of that. So I'm going to ask you a straightforward question. If you can't give me a straightforward answer or your answer seems as though you're trying to walk around something, then I already know that you're not fully invested in what I'm asking you. So wouldn't even put myself in a situation. So I just kind of just make sure I, I not ask those hard questions, but ask questions that most people wouldn't ask. You have to be direct to get what you want, honestly. Like, I don't, you don't come off in a disrespectful manner, but you have to, like, really just be straightforward about what you're looking for. Because if you don't, then they don't have no obligation to do what you didn't ask for. Yeah, and I and I agree wholeheartedly with every everything you're saying, Nikeem. How important is it for you to go to a school that has a quarterback that is already kind of taken that job and honed that job, uh, whether they took it this past year or they've had it for a couple seasons, how important is it for you as a wide receiver with one season to go before trying for the NFL? How, how important, how vital is it that you go to a situation with a quarterback that is already firmly planted there, there's no quarterback controversy, there's just one guy, and that's the guy? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's important. I mean, that's important, but I'm just really trying to get into a situation. It doesn't matter for me. You can have a linebacker or a quarterback. As long as he believes in throwing me the ball, I catch the ball. So that it matters, but at the same time, like I'm, I have a go-getter mindset that I give out the mud no matter what the situation is. But, of course, like walking into a situation with a quarterback that's already been there, he knows the system, the fans love him, the program love him, Mom, that's that's great because he's definitely gonna have the outright most confidence, and he should gain. He should be able to gain confidence in me when I come in and start working with him. So, yeah, that's definitely important. I, I definitely I've been paying attention a lot to that, uh, looking into situations that have quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are going to be coming in, um, and I just kind of made that like really a main priority. For you, you played with uh, many different quarterbacks at Syracuse. You played with Eric Dungy, Tommy DeVito as well as Jacoby and Morgan, Rex Culpepper, have all started for the team at a certain point. What are you taking away from the fact that you have played with four different starting quarterbacks? Um, what I take away from that is that, I mean, if I can do that, I can do anything. Because, I mean, all those guys throw the ball differently. They all they all have their own style of quarterback. So I had to get used to, used to and adjusted to what each of them guys are strong at and what they're comfortable at doing. So um, being able to do that, I think, could set me up for any situation to be successful, really, because everybody was different. You know, some guys are more experienced. Some guys are less experienced. Some guys can throw the ball deeper when I'm running, um, when I'm running for a deep ball, and some people throw it right on me. So, I mean, um, it's, 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 it definitely was a different. It was a, it was a difference. It was a, a big challenge, but, I mean, we, we all got it done. That coming from Nikeem Johnson here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora inside the Cafe Kubal Studios. His first interview since making the decision to enter the transfer portal. Nikeem, lastly and most importantly, music. Let's talk about your lyricist ways. You've sent some of your music my way. I want to talk about the music. I want to talk about where it's at. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited and I'm interested in if you and I can collaborate on something and I think that people might think it's funny, like, well, Dan, you know, you've been broadcasting this and that. 
I've been singing since I was three years old. I've been working in music. I've been producing stuff. I've been on that, man. So you do your rap thing. I hit the hook. I do what I got to do. And I also can get down a little bit with uh, with the rap music. I, I was schooled on a lot of stuff as a kid. So I uh, I was around the, the Tupacs and the Biggies and the, and the Andre 3000s and Big Boy and... You know, and, and you know, and Bobby Brown's ways in that R and B and New Edition and Boys to Men, and I was spoiled. I was spoiled as a kid. Prince, Michael Jackson, you know. So I, I'm around all that, and, and you and I talked about it off the air. But for everybody that might think that this is a joke, I ain't playing. And uh, I know that uh, I know that you're not either. So tell everybody about your music and uh, what you're excited about. Um, I mean, my music really just tells my story. I mean, uh. I haven't really put a lot of music out because I kind of been working on a project and I wanted to uh, make sure that when I put this this piece out that a lot of people understand who I am and what I'm trying to get done. So um, I, I got some things coming. I got I got a song out right now on uh, Apple Music called Hard Times. But um, I'm, I got some more music coming out and I just really want to tell my story and paint my picture of who I am and what I'm trying to do and what I want to accomplish and where I'm going in life. And I feel like that's what I want people to have a, a mind, an open mindset to when I'm when my music is on and when they're listening to me to figure out who I am. Because I know I don't do a lot on social media, so I know a lot of people may not know who I am and what I'm trying to get done. So that's my outlet. That's my way to talk about it. I want to use my music as a way to talk about that. Yeah, I'm excited about it. How can everybody get hard times? How, how do they get it? Oh, it's on it's on uh, Apple Music. You can type in "No Questions" N O, capital Q U E S T I O N Z, and then dash hard times. No questions together. Hard times. And so definitely, uh, I hope uh, everybody goes out there and checks it out. This is the man that told me a couple years ago the Carter Three is the best ever of uh, of of Wayne. You know, some people. Somebody told me the Carter Four. I got a little Carter four. You don't like the Carter five. We all know you don't like the Carter five, but you know, is uh, is Wayne the best lyricist out there currently in the mainstream? Is it Kendrick Lamar? Is it somebody else? What are your thoughts? I'm a I'm a Wayne fan. I've been I've been a Wayne fan since I was young, so I'm always gonna have my loyalty and my love right there for Wayne, regardless. That's just, I feel like that's who I kind of model myself after. Like, he's a, he a real talented and articulate dude, so I kind of use that. And I got a, I got a different type of voice. Like, I have a real deep voice, but I can also, like, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, it has a melodic tone to it a little bit. So I kind of use that, and that's what really makes me different. And that's what made him different. He had a different voice, and couldn't nobody compete with what he was saying. And I feel like that's me, too. Well, all, all I'm excited about, Nikeem, is when you and I, Get to have these music conversations. I send you a hook. You send me a beat. You say, like, I, I'm just, I want to, I want to get into some of the stuff. I talked to Prince Tyson Gully, who played at SU as well. You know, he's doing his stuff out on the West Coast. Nikeem, there's, there's something to be said about this. You know, from, from, from friends on and off the field to, uh, to some music and whatnot. And I know, I mean, I told you, I not only did I listen to what you sent me, but I sent it off to one of my buddies, and I was like. Man, I, I was like, I was sitting at my kitchen table and I'm bopping my head and I'm going, yeah, I can hear this on the radio. Like, I mean, I, and I'm not saying that because we're friends, like I respect the world of music. I think that it is uh, such a unique, there's, there's, there's no substitute to how music reaches the soul and how it kind of moves people. So, you know, I, I'm excited about what you got coming out. I'm excited about talking about it. 
And I, I want you to know that the Carter Five's got a couple good songs on it. <laughs> it's got a couple. <laughs> got a couple, bro. But, you know, beyond all that, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And I hope you have a Happy New Year. I mean, you and I will be in touch. And when you make that decision, I, I would like to think that uh, you'll let me know uh, what's going to happen on where you're going to be heading. Because I'm going to be a fan of wherever Nikeem Johnson ends up going. So I appreciate you. I respect you. Uh, I'm very honored that you let me uh, do this interview as the first one. And I look forward to everything that is to come musically, on the field, off the field. And uh, more than anything else, I hope that you just keep being the awesome person you are and that you and your family stay safe and stay well. Yes, sir, but I appreciate that, man. Thank you for having me on. All right, I'll, be, you, look- uh, <laughs> I'll be looking to talk with you soon. And make sure when that decision comes, you shoot me a text, you let a brother know. I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got you, man. Yes, sir. I got you. All right, well, as always, I respect you and I appreciate you, Nikeem. I'll talk to you soon. All right.